again, homies. This is Sarah. And this is Ashley. And this is Hometown Homicide. still hung over from St. Patrick's Day. You wasn't hung over at all. And I wasn't either, but I just don't get hangovers. You never get hangovers. That doesn't count. <laughs> I know. Nick sent me a gif of Homer Simpson driving the, the car, and he's like all hammered looking, like whatever. He's like, this is how I feel right now. <laughs> I went out too late. I mean, I worked, and then I went out, and mm. then I paced myself, and then ate dinner. So yeah, I actually was in bed by a somewhat decent time, and I felt fine. My mom messaged me the next day she's like i slept for like 14.5 hours yesterday i'm like i drank for 14.5 hours <laughs> yesterday i had my first breakfast beer in hand by 7 30 and i think by the time we left hasi it was a little after 10 so it was kind it of was like closer to like 10 30 ish but yeah yeah it was Can a I fun day a though breakfast beer in your hand I, right now because it is morning on it, a sunday it's she's, my saturday it is her saturday so she's upset. got beer i have a nice coffee yeah that I made. This is who we are. It's fine. (laughs) And it's friggin' 1024. It's not like it's 730 again, so. No judgment. Oh, I know. Um, something, well, I say awesome, but not, like, it's good, but it's bad, but it's good. Um, the Anina Knutson murder that we covered in episode 10, Murder and Minot, I'm part of that Facebook group that there's, it's called Justice for Anina Knutson. Now they changed it um, recently. But in, there was an arrest made. Um, Minot police arrested 34-year-old Nicole Rice Wednesday for the stabbing death of 18-year-old Knutson at their Northwest Minot apartment in 2007. She was the roommate. And it seems like her father, when I read a little bit into it, her father maybe had made some contradictory statements of her being with them all weekend because that was her alibi was that she was with her parents all weekend so yeah the comments on the article that was posted in that group were wild yeah they were tearing that girl apart i mean rightfully so someone did say guilty until or (laughs) innocent until proven guilty some of those people were saying innocent until proven guilty which is true but They must have had some type of evidence. Yeah. I watched the video of the police chief or whatever doing his press conference about making the arrest and whatnot, um, saying that just hard work and not giving up on it kind of pulled all the little facts together and, and stuff. There's, in that group, someone took a screenshot of Nicole's Facebook before it was taken down because it mm-hmm. is taken down now. And she had shared something of somebody else's talking about a kid being bullied, which obviously is a sad, terrible thing. And they're like, how how can you live with yourself murdering your roommate for how many years, but you're going to sit here and be married and have kids and share this about whatever. And remind me, too, because I haven't gone back to listen to number 10, mm-hmm. because doing my own research right. makes me forget. How was she murdered again? 
She was stabbed with a pocket knife. Her dad went. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yep. And then the maintenance guy. Correct. Yes, okay. yes. If you haven't listened to it or if you want to know what we're talking about, you can go back to episode 10, mm-hmm. Murder in My Not, and catch up on that. And I'm really interested to follow, like, to see some follow-ups of what evidence they found, mm-hmm. how it linked back to her, and what made them make that re- arrest. I would really be interested in yeah, following and updates that. and stuff. Yes. Yeah, which is, you know, kind of why I joined the group. Like, if I can find a group for things like this, I'm like, eh, you know, follow along, see if there's any updates. And I was at work, and I was like, holy shit! Or maybe I was at home. Doesn't matter. Either way, I was like, holy shit! They made an arrest. I'm like, oh my god. So. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Hopefully they're going to actually get justice for her. Any other news business of sorts? Not that I can think of today. Sorry. No, I mean, it's been a fast week. Chill week. Fucking Iowa is already out of March Madness, which is a fucking bummer. But whatever. My bracket's already fucked anyway, so. I didn't do a bracket. Otherwise, I'd be paying attention. Yeah. That was, like, mostly why Nick and them wanted to go out. Partly St. Patrick's Day, but... A lot of March Madness. March Madness is really fun, mm-hmm. to be honest, mm-hmm. because I love the whole bracket thing, watching the games. It gets exciting, but I didn't do one, and so I'm just like, eh, I'm not going to watch the games. <laughs> My mom sent me a message. She's like, getting in the shower. See you soon. Love you. Bye. <laughs> okay, <Kay>. bye. <laughs> that was weird. We're going to spend the day with her. We're going to grill. Because it's going to be beautiful today. It's already beautiful. It's like in 1030 and I don't know how it, what temperature it is. The day it's day drinking nice. type of day. Hell yeah, gonna... it is. Anyways, oh, one thing I was oh. going to mention. Oh. Thank you to the boys with a Z, 77. These bitches are good at telling the stories and are fun to listen to. Thank <laughs> you for the five-star rating on Apple. Hey, the boys. Still need to help. Even out the review from KJOFO12. Yeah, thanks. That's all I have to say. <laughs> uh, you were that terrible, you didn't have to keep listening. Again, fuck it. It's fine. Whatever. So, what do you have for us today, Sarah? So, this week we're in Fox Lake, Illinois. In the morning hours of Tuesday, September 1st, 2015, Officer Lieutenant Joe Glenowitz of the Fox Lake Police Department was on duty in his cruiser near an abandoned cement plant. At 7.52 a.m., Lieutenant Glenowitz radioed dispatch to report that he was in pursuit of three men, two white and one black. Three minutes later, at 7.55, he radioed again and requested backup. Additional officers responded, but at 8.09 a.m., they found Lieutenant Joe Glenowitz dead, laying in a wooded marsh. He was found scraped and bruised, approximately 50 yards from his vehicle. His glasses, radio, baton, taser, and pepper spray strewn about, indicating a struggle. His gun was missing. The lieutenant had been shot twice. One bullet stopped by his vest, but the other shot entered his upper chest at a downward angle, proving to be fatal. Murder is obviously a bad thing. We all know that. But the murder of a police officer while he's on duty, there would be hell to pay. A tremendous manhunt was started, looking for the three men that Lieutenant Joe Glenowitz reported to dispatch that morning. Over 400 officers combed through the woods in the area, using any means available. They were on foot, on ATVs, some were on horseback, they utilized helicopters, and even drones. 
Federal agencies even came out to help in the search and investigation, including the FBI and the ATF. On September 2nd, so just the next day, a massive crowd assembled for a vigil at the Lakefront Park in Fox Lake. Joe's wife and four sons spoke to the people in attendance, thanking them for their support. The Chicago Bears even displayed a tribute to Lieutenant Glenowitz during a preseason game on September 3rd. Fuck the Bears. Uh, <laughs> I was Just thinking kidding. the same thing. Well, I'm I mean, I'm not. Go Chiefs. But I was like, do I, do I make a joke about the Bears? Do I not? Um, thousands were in attendance at his funeral service in Antioch, Illinois, on September 7th. Hundreds of those people were law enforcement officials and police officers from around the United States. The funeral procession was 18 miles in length. I could imagine. Mm -hmm. Thousands more people lined the streets along the procession route to show their support for the fallen officer, waving American and thin blue line flags, some holding homemade signs and posters, thanking Joe for being a hero. But soon it would be revealed that all was not what it seemed to be. Hey guys, if you're enjoying the show, please give us a like, a subscribe, a rating, or comment. Also, you can always feel free to share your favorite episode with someone else that enjoys true crime. Thank you. Well, I'm going to Tarantino it a bit and go back to the beginning. Okay. <laughs> Charles Joseph Glenowitz was born on August 25th, 1963 in Libertyville, Illinois. He attended Marmion Military Academy and graduated from Antioch Community High School in 1981. Joe then served in the United States Army for four years, as well as dedicating 23 years to the Army Reserves, where he was trained as a military police officer, drill sergeant, sniper, and an airborne assault. There's a picture of him. He's got a cigarette hanging out of his mouth, a smirk on his face, and a shirt, like a tank top, like muscle shirt kind of thing, mm -hmm. that's got a parachute type deal on it, and it says, I jump out of planes and kill people. Oh, yeah, so he was like, I'm a badass motherfucker yeah. kind of guy. Uh, while enlisted, he reached the rank of first sergeant. Because of this army history and his physical appearance, being a very trim and fit 5 foot 11 inches in height and weighing 160 pounds, he was easily nicknamed G.I. Joe. Joe joined the Fox Lake Police Department, FLPD, in 1895. <laughs> He Damn. went back in time with his knowledge of the future and joined the fucking police department. Where's this um, time machine at? Christ on a crutch. Christ on a crutch. <laughs> he joined the FLPD in 1985. Fox Lake is referenced a lot as a village of approximately 10,000 people. And I'm like, what the fuck are you going to call our town? Like, not CR, but, you know, like our town's like a speck on the map like i don't even know i mean my town is literally has the penitentiary as part of the population that's true yeah so. i never think about that though i just think like school wise mm -hmm. was about the same so yeah um but fox lake can be found about 60 miles north of chicago within the chain o lakes which i didn't know what that was and i had to look it up according to wikipedia the chain o lakes or simply the chain is a waterway system in northeast Illinois compo composed, composed of 15 lakes connected by the Fox River and man-made channels. Hmm. So that's what that is. He started as a patrol officer, as they like always do, 
then accumulated additional training and certifications. This included SWAT, police canine handling, as well as becoming a certified evidence technician. In the midst of his PD and Army career, in 1989, he married his wife, Melody, and they had four sons together. One of his sons, Donald DJ, like what he went by, followed in his father's footsteps and joined the Army. And just nine years after his start with the FLPD, he was promoted to sergeant, and then in 2006, he was promoted to lieutenant. In addition to all of these achievements, he was also in command of a program that mentored adolescents and young adults that were interested in law enforcement professions called the Fox Lake Police Explorer Program, post-300. He had begun helping with the program just a year into his involvement with the FLPD and was head of the organization the following year. There's a quote I found from Devin Arbay, I think is how you say it. He had been part of the Explorers. He was quoted about Joe saying he truly loved his job. He loved doing things for the Explorers, and the Explorers was a huge part of his life. He really dedicated hundreds of thousands of hours into bettering the Fox Lake community, the Illinois Law Enforcement Explorers, and the National Law Enforcement Explorers. But upon Joe's death, things were discovered that didn't line up with the all-American G.I. Joe portrayal he put on for everyone. Some of those things were included in the 264-page, two-inch-thick internal file on record at the city. Mm-mm. Joe was a heavy drinker, and he had problems reported as far back as May of 1988. He had passed out in his truck with it running. His foot pressed down on the pedal, so it was running full throttle while on the shoulder of an Illinois highway. Oh, no. Yeah, it's not great. The county sheriff that found Joe like this couldn't wake Joe, so a tow was arranged for the truck, and I'm assuming he just took him home, because it doesn't, it didn't say anything about, like, waking up in the drunk tank or, you know, anything like that. It just it was reported that when he did wake up in the morning, he thought his truck was stolen, because he didn't remember what happened mm-hmm. to it. Yeah. A few months later, in August of that same year, he failed to show for work, which he attributed to drinking, and the result was a two-day suspension. He was habitually late for work in 1999 and 2000, and then in 2003, he was demoted to sergeant from the rank of commander for a while, because he got back up again, but because of, quote, problems in the communications division that he oversaw. Then things started to get bad, if, if that wasn't already bad. A woman under his command in the FLPD and a fellow Explorer unit employee reported that in 2000, the lieutenant had pressured her to perform oral sex on him five separate times. I am not clear if the acts occurred or if he was just like trying to persuade her because it didn't specify. I put in my notes, either way, gross. Um, She later resigned from the Explorer program and reported the misconduct after which a federal suit was filed. Unfortunately, the suit was later dismissed after the woman and her attorney failed to file discovery responses by the set deadlines, which, as an attorney, isn't part of your fucking job to know when these deadlines are and get your shit together? But I digress. Um, It was said in the suit, though, that the police chief at the time had addressed Joe with the information about the sexual harassment and whatnot, and Joe admitted to it 
and the chief recommended a 30-day suspension and sexual addiction counseling. In 2009, there was a two-page letter. Later, there was a two-page letter submitted to Cindy Irwin, who was the mayor at the time, revealing a laundry list of wrongdoing by the lieutenant. It was signed, quote, anonymous members of the Fox Lake Police Department. And the letter described a variety of shocking actions and abuse of power, including sexually harassing and threatening slash intimidating a dispatcher, which in another source I found specifically mentioned that Joe insinuated that he could shoot her and then hide her body. And also while they were in the radio room together, he pulled out his service weapon. He, yeah, he had been kicked out of bars for being extremely drunk. He skipped out on a $300 bar tab one night. He had been visiting different premises, quote, with certain women, not his wife, end quote. Copying a feel, no pun intended, because I literally like typed copying a feel. I'm like, it's not funny, but I'm like, <laughs> cop. Um, copying a feel of woman's of a woman's breasts at the police department Christmas party. He was suspended six separate times for quote an inappropriate sexual relationship with a subordinate. Suspects would warn other officers against arresting them because quote they were friends with Joey. Wait, so like when other cops would arrest someone, mm -hmm. they'd be like, I'm friends with Joey. So don't like... Yeah, like, what are you doing? It's like, oh, I know the I'm friends with Joey. Yep, exactly that kind of shit. Cool. (laughs) Doesn't mean you didn't fuck up. Um, Those are the worst type of people. Right? No, you're good. Uh, Letting Explorer Post members wear official police attire, which is a no-no. Using a gift certificate donated to the department... And getting a tattoo while on duty. Oh. Uh-huh. Allowed civilians to fill their gas tanks at the police department gas station. And this one is my favorite. Using his squad car for personal errands and also to transport his family to Wisconsin for vacation. I thought you were going to say using it to hook up with these other women that aren't his wife. I mean, I wouldn't doubt that that happened as well, but... You're just fucking driving your fam across state lines for vacation in your squad car. Get that would not be a comfortable drive. Get the fuck the out of here, right? I mean, whatever. Maybe he had an like SUV. At that point, if you're letting people that are not a part of the department use the gas to fill up their cars, mm-hmm. why didn't he just use it for his personal vehicle? But I digress. Mm-hmm. The commander of the Lake county major crimes task force george falenko was quoted as saying if i knew about that personal file and i was a parent i certainly wouldn't put my child in the explorer program under his tutelage it's like sick burn dude chris cavelli who was a detective with the same task force stated it's unusual for someone to be a lieutenant and have supervisory authority with a personal file looking like this it's like either People drop the ball or just 100% look the other way. The real shit began to hit the fan in March of 2014 when Fox Lake hired a new village administrator. Her name is Anne Marin and ultimately put the cracks in G.I. Joe's facade that brought his world crumbling down around him. Anne must have had an inkling that something was awry when she was auditing the Fox Lake's finances as into 2015 she wanted information about the inventory and funds of the explorer post program behind his red white and blue boy front he had a green heart 
motherfucker was greedy. And the investigation after his death discovered that his panic was very clear in messages he sent people close to him, including his wife and son, DJ. Over at least the last seven years prior to his death, Lieutenant Joe Glenowitz, Glen, Glenowitz had been stealing and laundering tens of thousands of dollars from the youth program. Joe would use the Explorer program funds as if they were his own, making mortgage payments, traveling first class, buying Starbucks, paying for health club memberships, and also access to porn sites. Of course. Yeah. You know, the money that's supposed to go to the youth to build the community. But yeah. Yeah, fuck it. In one article, I'm going to read just a whole little quote from them. In one article... Quote, investigators also discovered large stockpiles of military surplus gear in his police explorer headquarters, such as Kevlar helmets, radios, ballistic vests, combat boots, gas masks, and gun belts by the hundreds. Authorities stated it would have been impossible for Glenowitz to provide documentation for these items because he had been obtaining the gear through fraud and that these surplus items were meant for use by actual police officers, not explorers. This investigation sorted through 6,500 pages of text messages and 40,000 emails and found some specific mentions of misuse of funding, including uh, comments about a $624.70 flight to his wife. To his son, DJ, Joe's statements pointed to an unidentified expense of $1,600 and another of $777 also telling his son that he'd need to, quote, start dumping money into that account or you will be visiting me in jail. So he knew. I mean, obviously he knew what he was doing wrong, but mm-hmm. he was like, okay, time to time to start backtracking. Yeah. Another text to his son at a different time mentions loaning him nearly $2,400 to fix his truck. Investigators found something else extremely unsettling mixed in with the messages about the missing money. Notions of murder. Joe... In a text message, asked a woman to contact, quote, a high-ranking gang member to put a hit on the village manager, Anne Marin. The one who was looking into this stuff. Uh, uh-huh. As well as suggesting the murderer for hire could, put, could plant something on her. In more texts with his son, conversation back and forth. Joe, she hates me. If she gets a hold of the old checking account, I'm pretty well fucked. Son. Hopefully she decides to get a couple drinks in her and she gets a DUI. Joe. She does, but not around here and no one knows where. Like, she does, like, go have some drinks, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, trust me, I've thought through many scenarios, that was all caps, from planting things to the Volo Bog. And I didn't know what the Volo Bog was, so I look it up. Or no, I found it in an article. The Volo Bog is a state natural area that is four miles south of Fox Lake. It's it's basically a marsh. So Correct. he was like insinuating uh, getting rid of her. Disposing of her body mm-hmm. in the in the bog. And at the same time, he was thinking of applying to become a police chief in a nearby town in Antioch. I put in here I'm like, which was stupid because even in some of his texts to his son He's like, I would be leaving here and would have to turn this account over to someone else. It's like, well, then, yeah, you, you'd have to, like, backtrack and fix everything before mm-hmm. you left anyway. Whatever. I mean, don't do dumb shit, and then you won't have a problem, but... Um, clearly, Play stupid games, win stupid prizes. <laughs> he needed to get his shit figured out regardless, and Anne Marin was just forcing his hand sooner than he could deal with. 
this was obvious when he stated in another text, quote, she has now demanded a complete inventory of Explorer Central and a financial support, dot, 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 FML, which if anybody for some reason doesn't know means fuck my life. That particular text was sent to the former police chief, which makes it seem like the former police chief also knew what was going on. Like maybe he was in on it. Yeah, or looking the other way or something. Unrelated to, or supposedly unrelated, they said it didn't connect with anything. Uh, They did find small baggies of cocaine in his desk after his death, so. Why does that not surprise me? Mm -hmm. In an unmarked evidence bag. I wonder how much evidence like that went missing under his time there. It was August 31st when Ann Marin sent him the email inquiring about that inventory and report. Sometime that night or early the next morning, Joe deleted all the texts and emails from his phone. Which are never really deleted. Exactly! Thank you! I'm like, I, I was going to give you a slight pause to see if you w- walked into my web. But yeah, you're a fucking police officer. I know this was 2015, but get it together. You're going to fucking think that that shit's gone forever? Dumbass. I mean, that's rude. People can be mad at me. That's fine. But, yeah, they got Quantico involved and fucking got all that shit recovered. Anyway, uh, since Joe was an explorer's trainer, he was experienced at creating fake crime scenes. If you recall, at the beginning I mentioned how his glasses, gear, etc. were scattered around him when officers arrived to serve as backup. And remember, his gun was missing. But they found it a few, like, a couple yards away in the tall weeds because after he shot himself underneath his vest, he chucked the gun and let himself bleed out to look like he was murdered by the fictitious people that he mentioned in his radio call so he could die a hero and, like, avoid all of this. What? Yeah. I put in here, I'm like, he bled out like a chicken shit thief wanting to continue to lead the community in believing that he was a good man and upholder of the law blaming his death on two white men and one black man in a second-to-last radio transaction. The resulting two-month investigation that cost $300,000 and involved 150 investigators proved that he was lying scum and actually brought trouble for his son and wife as well in all the messages that were discovered. I didn't see anything about the son so much, which was semi-side note. I wasn't going to get into it too much, but I had stumbled upon in February of this year, Joe's widow, Melody Glenowitz, pled guilty to one felony count of deceptive practices in connection with financial misdeeds committed by Joe. She pled guilty as part of the deal her attorneys made with prosecutors to avoid an embezzlement trial. Apparently, the charge is felony, punishable by up to three years in prison. The judge is going to make a decision for sentencing on April 12th, so we'll have an update hopefully in less than a month about this, because her attorneys are trying to go for what's called a second chance probation. So it's an option for some first-time offenders in that she would just get probation instead of jail time. I'm like, "Mm, pretty sure she doesn't deserve that. Right. Like, you knew your husband, you used money that, like, you let your husband steal from this youth program. Like, you're an asshat. Fuck you. So, did they find messages, like, him telling his family members or anyone else what he was planning on doing? 
Or how? No. How did they know that he shot himself and threw the gun and with ballistics and whatever trajectory matched the, the bullet to it. his gun and yeah. there was nobody okay. around. Like the responding officers didn't see anybody. Does family know he was doing this? The the suicide part. Yeah. The, that it didn't seem like it. I he think just, he like, thought of it one I day. Like you know what? I Think he decided this the, is the only way. Yep. To get out of this embezzlement. Oh, especially with the day before and Marin coming down and being like, yeah, I, I need to see those reports and, and panic. And that was his mm. quote only way out. Yeah, he uh, killed himself. And uh, and then the outrage of the community. Oh, I'm I mean, sure. obviously people still mourn him. Understandably so, because he was an officer. He did do good things. He did inspire some youth to become officers and whatnot. But there were signs all over, which I can get one of them for, like, the Instagram posts and whatnot. It, you know, it said something about Fallen Hero and his picture and his name and all that stuff. People wrote, like, liar across his face. And there was some memorial that had been put up, like a statue or plaque or something that had been put up. And then when all this came out, they took it down because they're like, you yeah, know. And all those people who went to his funeral and mm-hmm. donated. There was some like nonprofit things that helped donate to cover expenses or whatever. And people were like, give us that back. Like they wanted their fucking contribution back. Absolutely. Yeah. And also the investigation. That was how many two months and mm, $300,000 like, wasted time and money mm-hmm. just to find out like oh he also a stole bag. a bunch of money as well and he wasn't who you thought he was and sorry you guys wasted your t- your time of coming here and paying your your respect and all that stuff and then what was it you said 18 mile long mm-hmm. funeral procession what a waste of time and resources like for all of those other officers from surrounding communities had it you know took away from their community to come join that mm-hmm. and i'm sure that lasted a few hours oh i'm sure for someone like that and yeah and it, it almost it like steals emotions from people that it, it didn't warrant because ugh, res- reserve your emotions and energy to to mourn someone that deserves it i don't know and imagine just... how that Marin lady feels. Yeah. To find out he, he was looking, like, thought about or maybe did try to put a hit out on her. Just because she was doing her job. His nickname went from G.I. Joe to G.I. Joke. Oh. I was like, you earned that one, bud. But yeah, that whole bizarre situation. And we're only a state over. I never heard of this. I don't think I have either. And it's not that old. So I, I was like, interesting. Okay. Um, I had told Ashley on Thursday, I'm like, I have no fucking idea what I'm doing for my story this week. It just, it was a fast week. I worked a 12 hour shift on Tuesday and I was exhausted and slept pretty much as soon as I got home Wednesday night. And then something I learned on Thursday about a friend inspired me to kind of look up something so I could segue into, obviously this, this was a suicide he is a different type of suicide, and I'm not going to address that. But there are lots of people that suffer from depression and for different reasons and everything, you know, bullying or 
abuse, whatnot, don't feel that you don't have options or that there's not help or that you don't deserve to live because there's always a reason. There's always a reason to stay. And if it's an emergency, you know, dial 911. Otherwise, the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is 1-800-273-8255. If you need help, just if you don't feel like you can talk to anybody you know, please call them. There are other options. Absolutely. But yeah, that was my kind of wild ride for this week. It was interesting. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. Yeah. And if you have any stories that you want us to share or anything Mm -hmm. to get the word out, email us Mm -hmm. over at podcast at hometownhomicide.com. We do look at all of the emails that come in. Mm -hmm. You can also find us on social media, on Instagram, TikTok, at Hometown Homicide Podcast, and Facebook, and then Twitter at Ope Murder. Ope. And then also YouTube. Yes. Hometown Homicide. So, we are still running the contest. We're 88 when I looked last night. Or this morning, whenever. We had 88 subscribers. So just 12 more and we'll give away some merch. Thank you everyone for tuning in once again. And we want to tell stories to you, not about you. So stay safe. And this was Hometown Homicide. <laughs>